I was just reading how ancient Vikings used to steer their ships using crystals, even in cloudy weather, which is why the Vikings are credited with discovering Southern California. Vikings and crystals, they just go together, don't they? I think of those seafaring, crystal-loving men, those burly fellas with their droopy mustaches, slick from whale blubber smoothies, watering their succulents with seawater, and using their spears to bang on a healing gong to signal it's time to go below deck for seal yoga. That's like goat yoga, but instead of goats, they use seals. The constant scream barking activates your kidney chi, while the weight of the beast on your back stimulates your positive fear receptors. Sometimes we think of ancient savages, when we should be thinking of ancient savages that also know how to diffuse sunlight through a clear rock. That also means that at least one person on every boat was a Viking rock hound. We salute you, fellow hounds. And now to clear away the boulder that leads to the metal door that will take us to the deep night. Hello, it's me, Dale Seaver, and I'm taking a lot of very large pills. I'm so pleased to be with you once again for another sojourn through the astral plane. Thank you for joining me on this hour of regrets and revelations and rising stars. We come to you tonight, as we always do, from the foul banks of the Gowanus. Tonight, we welcome comedian, video star, author, Jim Toos. Originally from Allentown, Pennsylvania, Jim made his way out to Cleveland, where he was part of the hot comedy scene out there, and then he's uh, moved to New York, as some people do, and he's been out here for a little while. He made a splash on TV's last comic standing and is responsible for the best-selling book Felines of New York, a parody of Humans of New York, but, you know, with cats. And uh, (laughs) just what are they thinking? He's done all the great comedy festivals, including SF Sketch Fest, where we didn't meet, but we were both out there at the same time, and isn't that something to note? Uh, And I've wanted to have him on the show for a while. He's a great guy. It turns out we have a lot in common. Uh, I hope you'll enjoy it as we go ever further into the deep night with Jim Toos. Jim Tooze, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Bill? <laughs> I'm doing great. Uh, it's uh, just a lovely day to be here in the studio, and thank you for joining me. Now, uh, I saw that you were doing something on there on the computer, and I got real excited, uh, and then I remembered, my gosh, I got to get Jim in here. But you did the uh, Pillow Man. What's the guy? Pillow uh, guy? My, my Pillow Guy. My Pillow. I forget his real name. It's like Mike. Lindell or something like that. Right now, this guy is a big Republican, I guess. Right, uh, wears a blue silk shirt, mm-hmm. and he's invented some kind of pillow of chopped up material that is supposed to be superior to every other pillow right. out there. Right, which in fact it's it's a, just a kind of junk pillow. I I haven't I didn't look at any of the reviews. I would just see this guy's commercial. Yeah. Uh, pop up and he he talks about getting the best sleep and he but he does it with this weird gruff voice and he's so like he's clearly fixated on like he's been chasing sleep his whole life and i just thought that i don't know if other people are picking up on this when they're watching this infomercial but i'm like that guy's got demons that's right and then i 
I did Google him, and he he did have demons. Uh, and now he's he well, he was a crack addict, and apparently this my pillow thing was like, an, a, like another harebrained scheme, <laughs> right? But it this one worked out. But he was he had such a bad, uh, crack problem, right? He that, was uh, like on the streets or something. Yeah, yeah. And, like literally, like in in I think it was Minneapolis or somewhere in that region. Uh, the drug dealers were like. Nobody sell to Mike until he gets some sleep. <laughs> That's a bad sign, isn't it? That's a terrible sign. Oh, <laughs> and the dealers are like, no, yeah, no, you're cut when off. When the dealers get together <laughs> yeah. and say no. <laughs> have you ever spent any time out there in Minneapolis? I have. Yeah? Yeah, I, I did. Actually, I was just there in February. Ah. You know, perfect time to be in Minneapolis. Oh, yeah, it's lovely then. Yeah. Uh, I, I recall that I was, uh, don't ask me how, but I was uh, friendly with an FBI agent. And she had told me that the, one of the largest uh, child prostitution rings was there at the Mall of America. Oh, my God. So this whole My Pillow thing is just part of a dark, seedy uh, it's uh, the underbelly. Cold. <laughs> it's, people need something to do. It's the cold. <laughs> it was very cold when I was there. <laughs> but now this thing that you make, can you do, can you do a little bit of the guy's voice? Uh, I don't, I do, uh, <laughs> I'm not, the, <clears throat> me doing voices is, uh, I'm not that good at it until wait. I I guess I could try it. You, you could, can, can try you it. cut out the parts where I'm telling you I'm not good at it. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I what the way I do them is I improvise them and, and just like keep doing it like that. Sure, and I we'll let the tape run for an hour and see what we get. Oh sure, sure. Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> this is a lot of preparation for I this. I know. I, didn't <laughs> I don't mean to this. put you on the spot. <clears throat> Hi, this is Michael Adele here for my pillow. And do you do you want to get the best sleep of your life? Because maybe you have a little trouble sleeping. That's because of some because of some shit you might have done to yourself or to somebody else. Then then you need my pillow because my pillow stays cool. Give my pillow a try and get the best sleep of your life. <laughs> there it is. That was pretty great. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't need to uh, qualify that at all. Okay. It was fantastic. Thank you. That's the my. Do you, and it's animated, mm-hmm. and it, it prompted the question to me: Do you do animation? Are you yeah, putting those yeah, things I did together? Yeah, I did that myself. Uh, I so I. I don't know if this was my foray into comedy, but I was a caricature artist at an amusement park when oh. I was in high school. Now we're getting there. Yeah. So yeah. I when I drew, you know, as a kid, uh, that was like my. That was my thing. Yep. You release your way time. to get it out. Right. Your yeah, drawing to, uh, and music. Yeah. Uh, but I would, you know, I was a character artist at Dorney Park in Pennsylvania. And Wildwater Kingdom. Yep, you got Absolutely, it. Absolutely, boy. <laughs> I lost a nice digital watch in that wave oh, pool. Oh, did you? Yep. Sucked the crystal right out of it. Used oh, to boy. go every summer up there to Dorney Park. Oh, man. I, I bet we crossed paths. Probably. <laughs> Isn't that something? It, maybe I drew your caricature. <laughs> maybe. Was I holding a tennis racket? Yep. You were on a motorcycle <laughs> with a tennis racket. Let me ask you something about this caricature thing. Uh-huh. Here's what I've always wanted to know. Because I fancy myself a bit of a drawer. You know, I can get out there. But it seems to me that there's a system to it. And everybody kind of draws a very similar way. Like the eyes look a certain way, the right. nose look a certain way. Yep. Is that given to you? Do you go to a place and they say, listen, here's how you do it? Yep. Or do you just show them your portfolio and say, oh, we, we're missing that quality? So I, I'm, I hope I'm not giving away these hints. I don't really care. It's like I've worked for the company in like <laughs> forever. But <clears throat> so at all those amusement parks, the company that does the caricatures, the old timey photos, 
and the the body like the temporary tattoos and the airbrush shops and the wood shops and leather shops where you get your name like stamped on a yeah, bracelet. Sure. I don't know if that's still a thing now that Apple watches are around, but <laughs> not many people in getting my, it stamped. Yeah, in my day. Right. Uh, a lot there, of leather bracelets. Yeah, people <laughs> bought leather bracelets with their name on them. That's right. I I had friends that were character artists and I that's what I wanted to do. So I applied and I went in with just like a sketchbook of stuff I had drawn and they were like, "Okay, you're 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 good at this at drawing, but we don't have room for you right now. So if you want to work at the wood and leather shop, you can go do that." Cuz it's I, all one organization all one profiting off of the same kind of custom instant customization. Yeah. To enhance Con, yeah, the uh, park experience. The the artist concessions. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so I did that because I just cause I needed a job. Yeah, you know, a bunch of my friends worked for the company as well, and then I did that for for most of my first summer. And when it was slow, I would I would draw people or I would go watch. When I got off, I would go watch the other character artists and the manager of the uh, of the commons in that park. He caught me drawing, and I thought I was going to get in trouble. And then he called me up to the character stand and was handed me a stack of paper and a box of markers. And he was like, "I want you to draw ten celebrities uh, by tomorrow and bring them in, and I'm going to crit- critique your work." Right, because those are the examples. If you have a nice Marilyn Monroe, uh, right. <clears throat> I don't know, maybe a James Dean, you get a Marlon Brando. Yeah, yeah, you get you get a you get a Whoopi Goldberg <laughs> oh, in there. Get a Whoopi Goldberg show, to show you could draw Listen. interesting hair. Uh, that's, that's and right. you know, like a, a Schwarzenegger, maybe a Jay Leno. Oh yeah, yeah, big chin on that one. I I really wish I could remember who I drew. I drew, <laughs> uh, but it was probably just some whatever because this is like pre Google image search. It was right going to be what in whatever magazine. Yeah, maybe was a Ted Danson. House. Right, I think Pete Townsend was one I did for sure. <laughs> nice because I had like a Rolling Stone yep. lying around. Yeah, D- I did that. He went over the stuff with me, had me do it again, and then I was allowed to on when I wasn't working at making cutting people's names out of wood or making leather bracelets, <laughs> I was allowed to go draw people's caricatures for for free. Like I would just be like, Hey, I'm training, do you want a character? It costs nothing. And I did that for like two or three weeks probably. Mm-hmm. And then there was a bit of a shakedown uh oh at the character stand because uh so a bunch of people were stealing money. Of course they were. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that had happened a little, actually a little earlier on. But they got fired, and then they needed more caricature artists. So yeah. I got Good, honest up. caricature artists. Yeah, people who wouldn't steal cash. <laughs> people who didn't think far enough ahead to, to, to figure out how that scam worked. Out of pocket it. Out of pocket it, And so what would you make on one of those things? At that oh, time, I don't, five bucks, ten bucks? Uh, I think we sold them. It was upwards of ten. I think a black and white face only character was eight dollars yeah but when i moved up to <laughs> the body was extra oh yeah the yeah. body's like nothing body's extra <laughs> color is extra we used to we used to do terrible things uh not terrible it wasn't that bad but somebody would be like can you draw a beauty mark on my cheek and we'd be like that's five dollars extra oh see and then they would <laughs> be like okay and then you just made an extra yeah. five dollar. You were hip to the scam. Yeah, I had. I mean, we're all carnies. So you that's quickly what, adjusted. Yeah, I, t- I come from carny stock, and <laughs> I, I, you know, my grandfather worked uh, amusement parks. Uh, my mother, my uncle. I was just 
next in line. Is that true? Yeah, that's very true. Wow, all at the same I park? I mean, that or? wasn't their career. Yeah, no. it was at the same park. It wasn't Dorney Park. It was a place called Ocean View uh, in Virginia Beach. But my grandfather uh, had some issues <laughs> and and kind of went off and basically, you know, worked games for some traveling carnival for a couple years and then got himself together and ended up in a permanent position at Ocean View Amusement Park and, you know, managed this park for many, many years. My uncle moved down there, worked there as a kid. My mom worked there as a kid and kept going until he retired or whatever, and the place eventually shut down. Sure. But, yeah. Well, that was that was really in you. I guess so. And don't you think we would uh, be better off as a society if there were more of these traveling shows again to take in some of these people that have problems? I think so. I mean, we're always wondering what to do with everybody that's wandering around the streets or whatever or right. on the subway. My goodness, here you go. Get a traveling circus together. Yeah, or a carnival. You know, you don't Just even a carnival. To... You don't need animals. No, you don't, you don't need, need clowns. Thank just... goodness. Get them away. <laughs> just do the do the games of chance. Yeah, you, Skill. Just, you just need a guy who can uh, shout, shout out and, like, uh, intimidate the right people or attract you know <laughs> challenge the guy who's you know putting his honor on the line to bust a balloon to win a teddy bear for his lady or something listen we've all been that fella haven't for we? sure and did you get the patter did you ever have to go out there and well that's what <laughs> i really barking? i really think that that's what opened me up because i was a pretty quiet kid uh and the thought of like performing on stage was a little bit terrifying but doing the caricature thing you i worked on commissions for like later on so i only made money if i sold caricatures and part of that is like getting people to stop and distracting them in some way or talking to them or yeah getting a pattern going as you're drawing them to get them to smile and relax and whatever so i i really uh yeah i I did get that down pretty good and i think that that helped you get a little improv skill there too don't you yeah, I'd, I'm, I'd like to think so. Yeah, no, I think so. <laughs> I mean, I, I haven't done that too many times, but you got to get to know them and, as you said, make them feel comfortable. And usually, what are the questions? Like, what do you like to do? And do you have any hobbies? Do you play any sports? And then, boy, yeah. you put that right in there, don't you? Yeah. And like I said, tennis racket. Right. Yeah. And you're trying to read people pretty quick. <laughs> right. Some people aren't into it. That's right. Yep. Usually, the boyfriend's a little stiff to begin with. <laughs> yeah. But then he mellows out. Sometimes yeah. you get him done first. He'll walk around and see it. Yeah. Or sometimes you get the girl the, done the, first the other way. That's usually how it works. That's go. how it works. Then he sees, oh, I see what's going on here. I'll yeah. get in on it. That'll be fun. You can, Or you could. You have to figure out which one you could be mean to and which one you have to be complimentary right. to. All right. Really is a lot of people skilled. Do you ever yeah. take that forward into your into your shows? you ever do any caricature live on stage? No, I, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I've if I had still. Oh, c- to go back to d- drawing everybody the same way. Yes. The reason that is is because of this Commons Art Shops. They when they bring you in, they g- basically hand you this b- book. Yeah. That's like, here's basic head shapes. Here's typically how you draw eyes. This is these are the things that make a person's face look like their own face. Like right. how far apart are their eyes? How close are they? You know. And they just give you these sample, you know, like literally like two pages of different kinds of eyes. And not that you have to plug and play those, but they're like, this is kind of, you know, the style we like. This like, And I, I imagine that that helps with the speed, which helps with the right. bottom line. Exactly. So you don't have to futz around with the shape of the head. You just know, okay, 
I right. draw this thing. Yeah, but they, but you know, and then like when there are people who are really good at it, like my the the people that were above me who were tr- like truly talented character artists, they take they take those elements and make everything their own, and it's yeah. like, I mean. Sometimes you, if you sat down with me for $10, you were getting a carnival character. If you sat down with my boss, Rob, you were getting like, you know, what somebody would have paid a lot of money to commission for. There was no different. It was just your luck. <laughs> Same price point. Same price point. Right. And, and uh, what happened to Rob? He's still out there? He's, I think he's still out there. I don't know. What he does. I think he does illustration and painting or something now. He but. moved on to something. Yeah. Or who knows? Maybe he's at Dorney Park. Park's still there. Uh, he's, we're Facebook friends. Oh, so, so you know but, yeah, he's yeah, yeah. gone on from there. Yeah. Uh, and we're there. I'm sorry to go so far into this character. It's all right. Thing. I don't get to uh, talk about it a lot. I, like, I miss it. <laughs> we're there. Uh, would you all go out to a watering hole afterwards? Or maybe you were too young to drink was, or anything. I was too but young. Were there parties among the people where you would maybe share tips and this kind of thing? Maybe you'd go to a lunch uh, out in the gazebo or a carport. Yeah, we did We did a lot of, like, diners and, like, there hanging we go. out. Yeah. You know, it was like, uh, you know. You've seen that movie, Adventureland? Yes, like that. It's like that. But no, I don't, I mean, I'm sure people were sleeping with each other, but not. I was not involved in any of that. Uh, yeah, not as much through the caricature. I well, maybe, it, I'm maybe. sure it was there. It was, there was a lot of... The, the, the leather craft, the, definitely. The leather craft and the, the, <laughs> all, the young ladies who did the temporary tattoos. Sure, yep. Um, oh, and the fudge shop employees too because that was owned by the same company quite a conglomerate yeah it's a very strange conglomerate and (laughs) and all the people i worked with like were friends from high school like it was one of those Ah. like one of them got a job and they were like this company is great you should all come and then it just all of a sudden you're half your you know half your circle of friends from high school is now working at this amusement park but that's nice because you get to hang out with them over the summer oh yeah it was great sometimes people scatter yeah, super. And, uh, this is uh, probably around Allentown, something like Allentown. that. Allentown. So you get uh, not not tremendous amount to to do up there. Uh, no, you'd. I mean, it, it was there was enough, but uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't like well, people figure it out. But right, you're the thing is you're close enough to Philly and New York. Yeah. So it's like as soon as anybody gets real bored, it's just like, well, let's get in the car and drive to Philly or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, All right. Yeah, I was uh, even closer to Philly. I never went in. Oh, once or twice. <laughs> you were never, too close to it. I was too close to it. <laughs> it wasn't appealing. Um, but with the animation, though, to 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 move forward a little bit in the uh, <clears throat> in your career as an artist, um, with the animation, was that always something you wanted to do as well? Did you yeah. grow up with the Saturday cartoons? Was that still a thing? Um, I was more. Uh, comic strip fan probably so sundays the paper would come yeah or just more more so like calvin and Hobbes. sure every calvin and Hobbes (laughs) book far side uh yeah a little bit of far side okay sure we all had that maybe Uh a garfield book early on yeah yeah i had i had quite a a range (laughs) i was a library kid so it was usually some rotating Uh uh-huh cycle of of such books um and a lot of early disney stuff i actually just repurchased a book that i vividly remember taking out of the library in middle school that made me want to draw more and it was uh the autobiography of bill pete who's like a children's book illustrator and he used to be a disney animator but what are what are his books i don't know i can't remember oh okay books now but people would know him yeah you'd you'd recognize it sure Uh, sure. there's a famous one about a pig and it's totally escaping me right now but uh i i've always been interested in it 
and the, like I, I did animation projects, you know, when I was in college and stuff. But this, the thing I used to recently, like to make them my pillow guy and some of the other stuff I worked on is a program called Adobe Character Animator. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And you basically build a, a, a puppet in Photoshop or Illustrator, and then you can kind of bring it to life with this program. Wow. It just takes, it's just a kind of a, it's not super complex, but it's complex enough. You don't know Photoshop and a bunch of other stuff to yeah. to get it, but it cuts down the time it takes, which is my, my biggest weakness is just patience. Yeah. Well, with animation, that's always been the it's, thing. They, that's the thing that kept me from <clears throat> like going to school for it yeah. is the thought of drawing that same arm like in half a position for you know what i mean me too i know exactly what you mean because yeah. that's what i also thought i was going to get into that and then i just you see those kids doing the claymation and it, listen and they were always some dark tale about a house in the moon and the curtain would blow and the girl would be oh and then i mean every student claymation film is very similar. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or it'd be some, I don't know, a narwhal or something. Like, oh, right. Okay, what is this? There's those clay waves. Yeah. Yeah, a little cotton ball mm-hmm. drifting through. I, just, I couldn't. I needed to be more immediate. Mm-hmm. So that this idea intrigues me, and I'm glad that you've kind of uh, shown me a way to do things, too. I, yeah, and I these are little uh, short animated pieces using your character or the pillow man or a meditation guy, mm-hmm. which I like a lot. And uh, so uh, Calvin and Hobbes, so that really hit it a, per, uh, a moment for people. I think a for little sure. bit younger than I am, that really that really was the thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, it was... really uh, spoke to you. I don't know why. I mean, I guess I was not... The I was drawings like were a, beautiful. They were. They were so simple, and uh, they just kind of like... I guess they resonated, especially if you were just a... I was always getting trouble for daydreaming. Very typical, yeah. Uh, space cadet kid, and the you know that's Car- that's Calvin's whole thing. You'd be rewarded with it, <laughs> right? Do you, as I do, get a little annoyed when you see that pissing Calvin on I the back it. of trucks? <laughs> I really hate it. It's, Calvin it, never pissed on it's anything. It's spoiling the the whole idea of the thing. It, I really don't like it. Well, it, I think that's where we took a turn into this dark universe. I I would that would I would. <laughs> Honestly, like to see when that came to prominence and to see what uh, what other cultural shifts occurred. <laughs> yeah, during that people time, people started getting a little nasty around there. Yeah, and it's not, and I mean, it's out of character for Calvin. That's a Bart, Bart That's Simpson would do exactly, that. Exactly, exactly. Calvin would not do that. Exactly. Okay, we're on the same page. I don't even think Dennis the Menace would do that. I don't think so either. Hmm. Let's bring back some civility to some of these things. We Thank need to you. reclaim them. Now, I know the answer to this question because of what you just said, but I, I well, but maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Uh, did you believe in magic as a kid? Um, like in the spiritual sense, or yeah, like in the world? Do you believe there's magic in the world? I'll ask you as I a would kid. Say, and then has that changed? I would say so. There, I mean, I try not to think super hard on on such things, but I just I'm a person of like. We're not as in control of things as we think we are. Yeah. Uh, and I guess that's where ma- magic might come in. Yeah. Where it's just like, uh, you know, we're, let's, we're, we're along for the ride. Let's let whatever's controlling this take over for a minute. Yep. Step back and see where it guides see, us. Right, right. See see what see what the, the universe, quote unquote, provides. That, that's or right. Whatever, or does not provide. <laughs> and then deal with it. Well, I figured you must be—you must have a little inkling towards magic because you were a sax man. 
I was. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Jim, we both played the sax. Uh, alto? Alto. Oh, wasn't that a fine instrument? Yeah. Who are I your sax heroes? I played a little bit, too. I tried that, too. It's a lot of wind. Yeah. It takes a it's lot more wind to heavy. get down there. Yeah. 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 Uh, I don't I don't know if I had sax heroes. I mean, I had music heroes, but like there was never a specific saxophone player. Saxophone was just the instrument that I ended up with yeah. kind of. Yeah. Uh you know, it was like, "Oh, I want to play violin when I was a little kid and that was like the thing that the school offered." Yep. But my parents were like, "No, we can't afford that." Uh, and uh, you know, which is too much right now. And then I'm like, all right, well, let me play drums when I get a little older. And then like, no, we don't want drums in the house. Sure. Let me play uh, guitar. N- no, you're not gonna enjoy it. Like whatever. Well, let me play saxophone. All right, fine. And then you know, <laughs> got to pick when they don't have a real handle on. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then you know, because so listen, I... if you think a drum is any better than a saxophone in terms of noise, it's uh, not. You're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if anything, it's better because you don't typically get to bring a drum home. You get a drum pad, and yes. you go sit in the basement and right. play on that. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, and plus, I think it also speaks to the idea about uh, urgency, because the violin, piano, guitar—I don't have the patience to learn all that. Yeah. Two hands going this way and that way. I've tried it, and it doesn't work. I'm not going to do some Suzuki method. And the, God bless those kids that were getting up there and doing it because they did a great job. They had special rehearsals in the basement with some lady. Yeah. And they did wonderfully. I needed to hear the sound, get that uh, horn oh, yeah, going. That's, that's very true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I mean, all you got to do is put, you know, you put one finger down on a key. Or, you got it. Or no fingers. Or no fingers. <laughs> you just blow. Yeah. Move your thumb. You're up an octave. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man, I loved it. I still have my saxophone. I should have brought it with me. Oh, yeah. yeah well, a couple musical listen, instruments. Listen, we'll, uh, yeah, this is unusual. I don't know what was going on in here before, <laughs> but clearly uh, like some kind of jamming, you know? People people get together and just jam out. Oh, that's the best. Kind of like what we're doing now, yeah, just yeah. with our mouths. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, jazz band, marching band, what was your poison? Marching band wow. was my primary. Good gosh. Uh, I did a little jazz band. Did concert band as well. Yeah, but marching band was the was the thing that most of my time went to. Yep, um, a yeah, little thing that you stuck into the saxophone. The lyre. There you go. Called, right? yeah. yeah, well done. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> See, my guy was uh, Kenny G. Oh yeah, I did like Kenny G. I listened to right. some Kenny Get G. That songbird thing down. I just I don't think I grabbed it. Yeah, you know, like me, it, like I was too young and like just rambunctious to. I tell you where I saw him. Smooth jazz. Valley Forge Music Fair. Oh, wow. On the rotating <laughs> stage. No way. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I paid money to go see him. He was a real hero. Yeah. So what we're doing here is painting a picture of a pretty cool kid. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> or a little, little weirdo. <laughs> Caricatures, <laughs> saxophone, pretty good. Uh, uh, I, and I was listening to your album, which, of course, explores a lot of these different things, and, and as an adult as well, it's not just about growing up. Uh, but you somehow you went from Allentown to Cleveland, or that was just in the college years? No, that was uh, – so I, I right out of high school, as nerdy as I was, I was not great academically. Uh, I mean, I got by, but I didn't show any particular uh, promise. Yeah. I guess I like I was in I had I tested real high and was one of those kids where there's like they threw you in the class with like these people that are headed to Ivy League schools and you're like what am I doing here I don't have <laughs> anything else that these people possess I just yeah. whatever I just t- tested well you probably had some pizzazz I guess yeah. I don't I just uh, you know 
I figured out where the pegs went and the puzzle or whatever it was. Right. But that was not my path. Uh, so and none of, nobody in my family had gone to college. So it was kind of like, well, you better figure something out. Why don't you join the military? Because uh, 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 people in my family had been in yeah, the military. Yeah. And I, and it, am, I, am I right that sorry to interrupt, mm-hmm. but uh, am I right that your uh, uh, father was in Vietnam? He wasn't in Vietnam. He oh, I see. He joined the Air Force during Vietnam. Oh, during Vietnam. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Um, but he, didn't he, he was go a there. steel worker. He was a steel worker. Okay. Yeah. And uh, that probably means you had some kind of a work vehicle. Uh, in like at the house. Yeah, like mean? you had a van or something. Oh, we did have. I mean, but not for work. Oh, he, it wasn't like, a work. He drove like a giant dump truck or something oh, all at, right. like you know at the steel mill all right he didn't I bring it home <laughs> what are you picturing here <laughs> no i thought there was a track or something on your album where you talk about traveling in a van oh he did own a van but oh, that was just because he owned a van so was, uh, okay you know, nothing to do with he the was work. a cool dude in 1983 or whatever <laughs> what i'm what i'm circling is the fact that my father was in construction okay and we had a van yeah and the back of it was where all uh, was emptied out and had yeah. nails and screws all right. up the side and whatever he'd need for different jobs. Yeah. And because that was the era before car seats, yep. I would ride back there in a lawn chair with yep. a bungee cord strapped to the side. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can you imagine doing I t- that? I, t- I mean, yeah. I mean, I had the track on the album is about me being in the playpen in the back of the van. <laughs> right. Very similar. I, I don't. It's just not a thing that anyone would permit <laughs> no. in present day. Even then. even No, right. Even then, <laughs> it was kind of like, it. I mean, I remember seeing, like, pictures, like, of my mom it, pregnant with me, like, wearing a Miller Lite t-shirt with, like, a Newport <laughs> in her hand, and there's a beer on the table. And I'm sure. like, Mom, what was going on? And she's like, well, we, and I'm like, you knew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's just uh, what people did. It's just what people did. It's how we, I, we're fine. Look at us. We're fine. Right. We're I, fine. I completely agree. I think. Oh, my gosh. It was just a different time. So, uh, anyhow, uh, then you get you decide to go into the uh, Coast Guard. Right. I, uh, I you know, it was, I was in between. Was, that was the other super cool thing I did in high school. I was in ROTC. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just, un- just a lot of uniforms. Yep. Um, that was a choice that was offered. Yeah. Yeah. I and, thought, hmm. But my father had been in Vietnam, and he had very clear that I, I, oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't go. Yeah, I probably would have gotten the same uh, thing if my dad had ended up there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I, I, it was a Navy ROTC in high school, and I was like, we had somebody came in to talk to us about the Coast Guard, and I was like, that sounds way better because it's, you're not like at sea for months. You could be if you're on a certain kind of ship, but there's only yeah. two of them in the whole Coast Guard. <laughs> uh, so it just sounded more interesting. It sounded like being like a firefighter or a cop. Yeah. You know, on the water. And my dad my dad was a cop, so that was kind of appealing to me. Uh I mean not anymore, but <laughs> uh you know, I was just like, all right, let's let's do the Coast Guard thing. I joined the Coast Guard right out of high school pretty much. I just I spend the last summer drawing caricatures and then I go off to boot camp and then I'm in I I'm in Cape May for boot camp and then I'm in Cape May cuz I get stationed on a ship out of Cape May. Yeah. Lovely down there. Seven months. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. It's not a fun place for a 19-year-old, but... <laughs> no. But they have gummy rats, I think, down there. Gummy rats. Oh, like the can- like <laughs> yeah, candy? Yeah, candies down there. The, I mean, they have a... It's a I like it down there, but... Yeah, very nice. Uh, then, I, then I ended up in California for a little while for training, and then I got stationed in Cleveland. Also one of the great coasts. Right. 
It's well, I say it's a, it's the maritime border between us and the terrorist nation of Canada. <laughs> yes, and somebody's got to protect that. Listen, that border. Yeah, I'm surprised we haven't sent more troops up there at this point. Yeah, yeah. Why isn't the National Guard <laughs> on uh, the shores of Lake Erie? But then you kind of settled there in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. And and you liked it. You took to it. I did. I well, I mean, I was there for you know like about three years just to finish out my enlistment. And I, I had an admin job, so I was working in a, the federal building. And I, I went to college in the evenings, uh, you know, because I wanted – I joined so I could get my – find a way to get my degree at some point. Right. And I just went to college in the evenings, uh, you know, made friends. I met a, a girl that I was with for quite some time and then, uh, tra- you know, got out and then finished school and went to Cleveland State, got a film degree. Then the relationship didn't work out, and then I moved to New York about a year or two later. But but in that time, I started stand up. I started stand up in Cleveland. In Cleveland, right before I got out of the Coast Guard. I see. Like six months before I got out. And uh, we're, and no caricatures in the Coast Guard. Actually, I did. <laughs> the people ask you to do it. Uh, I did do it occasionally for like events, like yeah. when we would have like picnics, um, and then every once in a while. Uh, I would get weekend gigs to do like kids parties and stuff. And when I got out, I stayed in Cleveland and I would I started basically started a freelance business doing characters for kids parties and little uh, I like it. events and stuff because it was the only thing I knew how to do to make money. It was fast. too, And it was fast and it was on, you know, on my own terms. Yeah. And uh, were you were you uh, thinking jokes during that time? I was, it, you know, because it's, yeah, it's like you're interacting with people, you're talking, you're active, you're like, you know, um, as so I was always doing some balance of those things. <laughs> right. And uh, well, there was a decent comedy scene in Cleveland. It seems to me, I've talked to a lot of people that have come out uh, that are here now, but started in Cleveland or from Cleveland or mm-hmm. uh, did a lot of comedy out there. Yeah, it's it's cool. It, I mean, it changed. When I started, there was like two clubs, and you know there was ways into them, but it was kind of a long haul. Um, and then later on, you know, more independent stuff started popping up. Uh, this uh, woman ran an open mic at a coffee shop, and then she moved to Chicago like six months after she started it. And I was like, "Well, don't waste this night. Like, let me take it over." And she she did, and. I took that over and, and built that up, brought a friend on, uh, another comedian named Ramon Rivas, real funny. Yeah. Uh, we we worked that thing together and, and built it up until there was, like, you know, standing room only every Monday night at this little coffee shop. And then little bar shows start popping up, and then, you know, you could still work the clubs, and then more comics start trying it, and people yeah. come through, and... I left for New York, and he kept it going and started producing independent shows. And then he started a festival, so it's like, it's it was there was always something there, and it was it's evolved quite a bit in the last like ten years, and so it's been pretty cool. And you made a, it was documentary a good place about to start. I did, too. yeah. Uh, it's on. It's called Make uh, Make Fun. Yeah, and it's on Amazon Prime. Good for free. Listen, if you have Amazon Prime, <laughs> that's right. They always get you somehow, don't yep. they? <laughs> but uh, was uh, there was a not a lot of TV shows from Cleveland. What do you have, Drew Carey? Yeah, Drew Carey. That was pretty much pretty much it. Did you watch that show? Oh yeah, of course. It was pretty good. I I enjoyed it. I, I think uh, maybe there was some weird turn that took place three seasons in or four seasons in or something. But I tell you about Drew Carey. 
And I don't know what he's up to now. I don't really track with the prices right and all that. Right. Um, because that's kind of frozen in time for me for sick days. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I'm a Bob Barker guy. But anyhow, Drew Carey's set the first time he was on The Tonight Show was phenomenal. Yeah. It was really funny. Yeah. I distinctly remember it to this day. And, uh, you know, kind of like the traveling uh, carnival thing, it's a different era when you could go one show, one appearance could make you a star. For sure. I mean, that was a star-making thing that he did. And we don't really have that, do we? Is there something that's like that now? You know, I've I've talked to a lot of people about this, and I don't know if there is. Like, there are definitely, there are definitely uh, programs. I mean, you know, like America's Got Talent and Last Comic Standing. Like, those are right. good network right. shows where people get a lot of visibility. And you were on that one. You were on Last Comic Standing. I was on Last yeah. Comic Standing okay. for a very brief <laughs> period of time. Uh, this is I got. I was going to get picked to move on to the next round. Uh huh. Um, but even with that very short appearance, the the next headlining gig I did after that aired, I sold out a s- weird little community center in Manassas, Virginia. Well, and it was like, well, this is crazy, you know. Like <laughs> I did, I had, you know, people. You just don't think that like any because you know we talk about how like there's no Tonight Show where somebody brings over to the couch and yeah. that whole thing yeah. happens. But then you see the it what little impact even this short appearance on broadcast has. Right. Um, however, I mean that doesn't last because there's another season that comes. People falling out of favor, whatever. But I don't think there is anything that like launches launches people anymore. I think it's a collection of things, and then having stuff for people to go look at when they find out who you are. Because it's I mean you see somebody that you like. Usually your first thing is to go Google them. Right. And then you find, you know, maybe some podcasts they did or sketches they were in or whatever. And I think that those things, like, uh, combine now to kind of build build you up yeah. a little bit as opposed to, like, one and life's changed forever. I'm sure there are instances of it, you know, but. Yeah. it's Well, I think what I have seen over the nine years of doing this show is that I can see how people are going to be, are just about to go up to that next level. Yeah, it's you fun to You can see how they make the appearances on every flyer in town and every little weird show. Yeah. You see how they move through it and navigate it, and then Daily Show, or then yeah. uh, they, they become maybe a writer on a show, and that's one path. Or, right. Hey, they just appear on certain things, whiplash, yeah. some of these. Uh, you get a sense. I mean, I can tell when people are going to... Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and I think like I think roles or like some consistent appearance is ha- carries a little more uh, influence now. Like get yeah. like becoming a Daily Show correspondent as opposed to being on a Comedy Central show once. Yes, you yeah. know that's that's a big difference between the, those two. The guest things. appearance on Broad City, great, but uh, if you're actually right still present, it requires a little right. more. A little more time. Yeah. Um, and the last comic standing thing was a good experience for you. You may have talked about it to, to death, so we don't have to go through it. it no, it's all right. I had I had a tough time uh, only because I'm just I'm not I'm not a big ham. Like I, like when cameras are pointed at me, I'm just kind of like, hey, well, easy. I mean, you saw how it, I had to like clear my throat 14 times to do an impression of the my pillow guy. Right. For just for you, there's not even anybody else here. No. And 
so you know they when they kind of corral you on that show they put you in a green room w- with you know three camera operators and a bunch of other comics and there are definitely some comics who know what to do yeah you know when the camera's pointed at them and there are others who like to prepare a little bit <laughs> like myself <laughs> right. uh so i did not you know i'm kind of like hide like ducking hiding away from from these things and it was just like nerve-wracking yeah and, and it's you, a competition it's and it, right? it's on tv and you have whatever the judges are and an audience right i mean it's layer upon layer of and and the first thing that the judges said after i, did, I had a good set first thing that uh i don't even what was it keenan one of the wayne's brothers that was the judge that time it was him russell peters and roseanne and the wayne's brother said uh as soon as I finished my set, you you look like a cross between uh, Tim Allen and Woody Allen. And then, of course, like everybody laughs because it's true. And the famous guy said it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just like, oh, damn it. I don't uh, know how true that is. But yeah, I, uh, I, mean, I mean, I saw where he was going yeah, with it. Yeah. And then I'm like, you're he too. He made something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he said something. Right. And I'm too nervous. Like, as soon as I step off stage, I'm just like. Oh, why didn't I say you look like a cross between Keenan Ivory Wayne's and Damon Wayne's? <laughs> like, you know, it was just uh, right, every comeback right. line is just popping through my head, but I was too freaked out because right. that was my first like live kind of t- audience TV thing. Yeah. Um so it was it was very nerve-wracking. Um but I would not I wouldn't go back and not do it, and I would encourage other people to do it just cuz it's like Oh, okay. You see, not, okay. You get a little. It, that's how things happen with this. Is like you see right. how things work. Unfortunately, sometimes you're. It, it's like too visible at the wrong time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But you, you get know? an experience with it. You get a little juice from it, and you get a credit and right. some exposure, and that's all great. Yeah. Uh, I'd go do it now, and I'd know. Yeah. I'd know how to behave and right. do do what or I do. Or if you to were do. invited to another thing that even is a exactly a higher platform, at least you're prepared. Right. I have one t- question for you. Sure. That is maybe a little bit of a too deep of a dive and specific joke question. Okay. When you're on that show, the clip that I saw, uh-huh. you have a thing about picture day. Yeah. And you talk about showing up. Mm-hmm. And the T V appearance, you say yellow sweatpants. Yeah. On your album. You have the same, the same oh, track. Green. You say green sweatpants. Yeah. What was that choice to move from yellow to green, or was it just a thing that came out? I think it's just a thing that came out. I think. <laughs> oh, because I, I have the actual picture, and I think it is green sweatpants. So you went. You wanted to go back to the truth with it. Yeah, and I, and the other thing was, I don't know if I said it on the even on the album. Where sometimes I say, "And this dirty Bart Simpson yeah. T-shirt." Yeah. Uh, but Bart Simpson is yellow. Right. And I thought this is too much yellow. Not that anybody would even pick up on that. Well, I did. Okay. <laughs> and in my mind, the idea that anyone even owns yellow sweatpants. Oh, I owned all colors of sweatpants. <laughs> was, was so specific and like I, I had it in my head and I knew exactly what it was. And then that that person would think, you know what goes with yellow sweatpants? A Bart Simpson. <laughs> Because he's well, maybe I'll switch it back to yellow. <laughs> so to me, it was a very complete outfit that spoke to that person's intention. And then when you got green, I did. I I was actually thrown by. It. Oh man. <laughs> oh well, I think. And I don't want to throw you when you do it, but I just uh, I, I wondered if that was as people hone jokes and things. It was yeah. One time they, I that's a good it, question. Uh, but I yeah, I think I just went back to green because that's what it that's what it was in the picture. Yeah. 
And then, I mean, there was no intention in the way that I was dressed that day. That's a true story. The only thing that, that I, that is in addition to that, is I'm, it, a part of it was my grandmother, because my dad worked. So when I was with my dad, those times, like my grandmother might have been the one, you know, that morning that was like, here's, you know, let's throw these clothes on. Right. I put your sweatpants uh, out, get them on. Let's right, go. Right. And then, yeah, dad's like, Looking good, buddy, or whatever, you know, like just has no clue that it's. And for those uh, be, lis- listeners who have not heard the album, it's a picture day that you were not aware of the fact right. that it was picture day and you show up in this yeah. uh, not ready for picture day outfit, Correct. essentially. Well, interesting. I, I just wanted to ask you about it. And then do you do you hang out with those, any of the last comic people? Like, um, was there a cohort I... that you are like, you're all part of the same class now? Well, it's, yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, um, you know, like Phoebe Robinson was on the same night as me. Ah. We did that together. Uh, Mark Normand was on that night. Ben Cronberg was on that night. But, you know, I, I, these are people I talk to with some regularity yeah. or at least yeah. run into. Um, who else was, who else did I kind of befriend? Uh, Randy Lidke was, is really funny. And he was, he, he brought, uh, booze and shared it with me, uh, <laughs> in a flask, which was, I mean, sometimes that's, that's a, all it takes. Isn't that's it? a heroic move. I I really appreciated that. Uh, <laughs> Al Madrigal and I bonded over a nice bottle of something backstage one night. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes that's all it takes. Yeah. I don't know if the performance was any good. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? But then uh, you you decide, as you said, you came to New York. Uh, not long after I met, how long have you been in New York? Seven years. Seven oh, six years. years. Six years. Something, something like that. that. And uh, you have the Felines of New York book, mm-hmm. uh, which is all kind of like the humans of New York, uh, which but with uh, cats, yeah, with cats. So you get an idea of what the cat is thinking or saying, right? And kind of interview the cats as one would in the humans of New York photo series. Now, um, pretty big deal, bestseller. Yeah, is there talk of a follow up? Uh, uh, they they turned down a follow up. What? What? Why? I I think There's it was more cats. That's what I said. Uh, well, it started. It was a you know, it was a goof blog that I yeah. made, and then it, and then it just, I it was an experiment to see if I did something, where I was where I forced myself to write something twice a week, but not attached to my name, like not th- not this is Jim Two saying this, right. but this kind of anonymous thing. It started as a kind of ex- experiment slash exercise. It took off, uh, and then I started getting c- contacted by publishers and uh, lit agents and stuff. And part of the reason I think was the Humans of New York was putting out another book at the around the same time. Ah. So the plan was for a lot of the publishers, I think, okay, you know, if we get this book out the same time the Humans of New York book is out, you know, they're going to end up on shelves together just coincidentally, or some you know indie bookstore is going to be like, this is cute, you know, synergy, right? Yeah. And it and it you know it, it made sense, and I I think that definitely helped. And so then when I went. Even though I had built the audience for the blog up and all these things that happened, and when I pitched the second one, there was a couple different, like slightly different iterations I pitched for it. Uh, they were like, no. And I think part of that reason was there was just nothing else to anchor it to. I didn't have that. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I did make New York Times bestseller list, but it was like number 10 in the animals category, which oh. is like, <laughs> still, I'm, I'm going to take yeah, the I'll, win. I'll take it. But that don't, I would not want to see the actual numbers on what <laughs> what gave it that title <laughs> i didn't know there was an animal list but uh and you you have cat i'm uh, allergic to cats oh i'm sorry i uh, i don't uh i like cats the musical right uh, i love it but um i don't i don't like 
animals that are very smelly. Yeah. And cats are, are quite they, they have an odor. Be. Um and I think um I don't I don't think I have a particularly overly sensitive sense of smell, but I think that we don't realize how smelly animals actually are. No. And you go out into the wild or something, you could probably smell a lion. Oh, for sure. You, you know, would. back in the old days, you say, oh, my gosh, what's that? It's oh, probably yeah. probably a lion. Oh, yeah, you would smell You'd, you'd smell, smell a lion. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And they probably all have this probably antelope. No. Right. I mean, they, they have, you know, they could probably feel stuff in the ground. I don't know how antelopes work. <laughs> <laughs> That's not why they I'm here. They pick up through their antlers. Sure, I guess. It's like antenna. Mm-hmm. But you drive past a farm, you think, well, okay, That's a, you know a cow's there. Right. What I'm saying is, what do you think's the worst animal? <laughs> as far as pet ownership goes, just the worst. Yeah. Just the worst. The animal? one that's out there. Just it doesn't have to be the smelliest. Just one that you don't care for. It's a really good question. I had a really weird dream last night. Uh, I think the animal's called a stoat or something like that. Kind of looks like a sloth. A stoat? I think that's what it's called. <laughs> I could be so wrong on this. <laughs> looks like a sloth. Looks like a sloth. I had a dream last night. What do you mean, long arms? Long arms. Small head. Small head. You got it. Uh, I had this dream last night that I was driving uh, in Manhattan, and they were just all over the road. Like, they were alive. Oh. They were just crawling all over the road. Oh, my. And uh, so I'm going to, just given that dream, I'm going to give that title to the uh, still, <laughs> or whatever it <laughs> to is. the mysterious or the sloth. Stout. It might be a, It might just be a sloth I'm thinking of. Maybe it's just a sloth. Just I'll say slowly sloth. crawling because they crawl across the road. Yeah, 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 exactly. With their with their claws and the, you yep. see them in the videos and things. Yeah, real weird looking animal. They're weird. They move. Yeah, I could do, totally go my whole life without ever seeing one of them. You'd be okay. <laughs> I'd be totally fine with it. <laughs> well, again, we've talked about it. You don't have the patience for a sloth. No, you like to get there. You need to get where you're yeah. going. And sometimes it's good to have experiences where you get the hit. But if it's too involved, uh, it's not. That's not for you. Yeah, probably. I mean, I say that, but then I hear I am. I'm doing stand-up comedy for 15 years, and that's like, different. That's that is totally different. Long-term patience. Long-term patience, but the actual thing that you're working on, you get it. True. And you got five minutes. You got eight minutes. You got uh, however right. long. Uh, but you know whether it's working or not very quickly. Right. And then you move on to the next thing. Correct. It's not. I mean, you may tweak between yellow and green, but uh, <laughs> it's not. I don't think it's the same thing. Anyhow. Uh, and you have how many cats? Two cats? Two cats. Okay. okay. Yep. So uh, all of this stuff, your, your beautiful horn work uh, with the sex, your, your drawing, uh, a little bit of the Coast Guard protecting our northern border, mm-hmm. uh, getting into stand-up comedy, cat blog, mm-hmm. cat parent. Mm-hmm. Your father's proud? Yeah, he is. I think. Yeah. He's gotten to the point where he knows what you're doing? He doesn't. He's. I mean, he knows what I'm doing. He doesn't fully understand how anything <laughs> yeah, yeah. that I do works. But he knows, like, you know, he came to see me like a year ago, uh, and he was like, "Your your comedy's evolving," and I was like, "How how did you pick up on that?" <laughs> like, <laughs> he's paying a, attention, is yeah, he? he is paying attention. Uh, yeah. So he gets it. He's supportive of it for sure. That's got to feel especially, good. Yeah, yeah, and especially now, it's like you know, I don't ask my parents for for money or anything. Like I, I'm just like, hey, this is my. I'm gonna take care of my. Don't you guys worry about me. Like I'm gonna. <laughs> right. I mean, I know you wanted me to have some sort of like stability, but I'm not gonna have it. But I'm also not gonna make it your problem. Right. Right. And I think that they, that's a big deal for parents. I think they appreciate that. Yeah. 
<laughs> yes. Uh, uh, well, and that's been very good. And all the parents, yeah, there was a divorce, but everybody's okay now. Yeah. Everybody's yeah, uh, they, the last show I did in my hometown, they were both there. All there, enjoying themselves. New partners, and, or new, you know, well, not new, but second yeah, second, second like marriages. dinners together? I think it's been a while since we've had a dinner together. But, <laughs> all right, well, we'll you know, see. If I can have them in the same room and they can all say, hi, how's it going? Good to see you. I'm like, that's a win. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, lots of young people like yourself come to the show, and uh, I always have to ask, what are you doing uh, for self-care? It's a big thing right now, people to, taking care of yourself, managing the stress that's happening right now. Comedy's stressful. The world's stressful. What do you do to stay in tip-top Gym 2 shape? Well, the the meditation thing that I did the animation of, like that is a joke born from reality. That's a new thing for you, the meditation? It's, it's in the last year or two probably last two years maybe i started uh goofing around with it <laughs> experimenting with it whatever but when we i went on tour with my weezer tribute band uh and our drummer uh was like oh you gotta try meditating try this app it's called headspace uh-huh. i'm like cool we'll try that so then all of a sudden like he's got the whole band like meditating in the mornings <laughs> uh pretty good yeah and yeah. i was like oh th- there's something to this i don't know what i'm doing with it yet but I'm, it's getting there and then uh, I was go. I went to therapy at the VA just for you know, I was just you know just for self care. Yes. And they do uh, c- cognitive behavioral therapy for what you know, you only get so many sessions or whatever. But mindfulness was part of sure the training or the therapy whatever the program. And then I so I kept going with it, and now I've kept going with it, and it's like uh, you know I don't I'm not as consistent with it as i'd like to be but it is definitely a thing that works for me and uh has helped me as a person and and also as a comic too i notice uh so there's that the meditation with some regularity yeah um and i started running started running uh which i I never really did but i like it yeah i i mean i hate it but i like it (laughs) I'm still but, in the hated camp. Yeah. I try. I bought the new sneakers. Yeah, at the outlet place. But it's so I get out there, and here's what bothers me: I hear the headphones cords rubbing. Yeah, and then I feel the thing. The, you just the, get so I get uh, uh, glasses because I have to be able to see. They they jostle. Yeah, uh, I get annoyed by everything when I'm running, and I can't focus on just uh, the kind of release of it. Well, here here's I'd another. Have to maybe run naked or something, or like that's have a one thing. option. Uh, I haven't tried that, but yeah. I think it would be good. The other thing was there's a, I I uh, like I tried kind of doing what I do when I meditate, which is just focusing on my breath and yeah. kind of like brushing away e- exterior distractions and thoughts and whatever. Do that while I'm running. Yeah, and then it becomes like a whole another experience. But you kind of learn to ignore the headphone jostle, the glasses, the mild discomforts, uh, and then. You know, the next thing you know, your alarm goes off and it's been 20 minutes or whatever. <laughs> and you've run for that that amount of time. And you feel good. And you feel good. But I hate do. I mean, I, I just did it yesterday. And the, just the thought of going to the gym, getting dressed and do, doing it. And I was just like, I don't want to do this at all. Yeah. But then when it's done. Sure. Yeah. It's I done. just have to get over it. I just that's the same thing. I don't want to change my clothes. Yeah. The I don't. I hate of having to prepare for that. Too. Right. 
Ah. And you you live in the city, you walk so much anyway. It's just like, well, I've already I've already traveled five miles by foot. Right. I'm going to run another three in a room with other people. Yeah. Around a uh, track like I'm on a submarine. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, uh, uh, you also have the podcast. Yeah, quitting, I haven't. It's quitting called comedy. Quitting comedy. I've been uh, I've been a little slow with uh, getting interviews just because I've been traveling and working yeah. on other projects for financial survival. But uh, I think about that all the time. Oh. Of course, I probably have to start first. <laughs> <laughs> Classic joke for the oh, podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I mean, I really, genuinely, I think, gosh, what am I doing? Well, it's it's it was kind of interesting because I thought about this idea and I talked to my girlfriend about it, and she's like, "Yeah, I think that'd be funny. It'd be a fun like through line for interviews." And then I started talking to comics about, it. I'm like, "Hey, would you want to do this again?" And they're like, "Oh, yes, please. I've thought about quitting so many times." And I'm <laughs> right. like, "Okay, good. It's not just me." <laughs> right. Before every show, <laughs> right? And it's just kind of a. It, I like to hear about people's. You know, because there's not a lot of you don't get a lot of like uh, positive feedback doing comedy, like things that say that kind of you you don't get these universal signals that are like, keep going. Yeah, you're going to be all right. Yeah. It's more just like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, this is going to end bad. Don't do this. (laughs) This is going to be you're struggling right now. You get a lot of that. Yeah. So I like to hear how people deal with those things or ignore those things. Or compartmentalize them and keep going. Yeah. And why they keep going. Well, because we always, I don't think we ever hear the compliments. We love the uh, applause. But, I mean, if somebody is acting out, that's what we remember. Right. Or, you know, even your set with Last Comic Standing, you remember what he said. But, yeah. (laughs) You know, probably a lot of good applause and laughter. Right. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's out the window. I, you know, I've, I, I had, I've had a a bunch of good shows in the last couple weeks, last month even. And the one thing I can't stop thinking about is the guy eating soup uh, (laughs) in the front row of my show in Asheville, North Carolina, (laughs) and just completely ignoring me. Oh, you should come over to the slipper room. We got a guy that has ice cream, he has sushi. Sometimes (laughs) he falls asleep. (laughs) <laughs> soup but soup is the worst f- food for a comedy show because you have to look down at it yeah sushi's pretty bad sushi is don't, pretty don't bad. overlook I the think sushi about that <laughs> yeah. chopsticks chopsticks you get a little bit of the soy sauce and uh, the smell of fish is in oh the air. i didn't even think about yeah. that as i said animals and their smells not my favorite <laughs> cooked or no um well i i think you're doing terrific I appreciate that. And I appreciate all the good work that you're putting out there. Thanks for and, uh, this, talking to me. Yeah, thank you for for coming in. It's been wonderful. Um, you're going to be working on something that people should know about? Uh, I've just been doing more of those characters and uh, putting them up on my Instagram and YouTube. So, I love uh, it. Yeah, and obviously. And then, yeah, and then, uh, you know, um, just live shows around the city a yeah. lot. People and, uh, can find you online. We'll yeah, post all at the Jim links. Yeah, Jim on all the... All the things. Well, I hope there's more uh, my pillow in in our futures. I mean, I'm d- I'm doing those, and I'm, I'm but my plan for those is to put them up, uh, publish them at, at like midnight, one in the morning on Instagram stories, so it's <laughs> yeah. really hitting you when, when sleep, you're is, about sleep is trouble. <laughs> well, Jim, thanks so much. Uh, continued success to you. Thank you, Dale. Thank you for being here. Well, there you go, Jim Twos. Find him online or in person. He performs all the time around New York. Lucky numbers this week are, oh, my God, these pills are so big. And personalized reading goes out to Marshall Buttons in Little Croatia, Missouri. I mean, I know you wanted me to have some sort of, like, stability, but 
I'm not going to have it, but I'm also not going to make it your problem. And that will do it for us this week. Thank you for tuning in, and remember that although this night is ending, a bright new day is just ahead. Deep Night is brought to you by the Gowana Souvenir Shop in Brooklyn and McGinty Salt Lamp Emporium and Discount Flooring in Bay Ridge. Simply the best for a good night's rest. Two things a body needs, a floor and some salt. McGinty's. Deep Night Season 10 podcast icon by Kelsey Roten. Season 10 theme by Zach Gabbard. Music throughout the show by the talented roster at Howler Hills Farm. And a few weird things at the top of the show that I just download for cash from the internet. Venue support provided by the Slipper Room in New York City and recording studio services provided by Harvestworks in Soho. Thanks to all of my guests, Deep Night is independently produced and performed by James Bewley. Thank you for listening and please consider rating and reviewing the show on whatever podcasting forum you're participating in but especially on Apple Podcasts, which does a great deal toward making Dale feel great. That's me. When he gets up, or is it? When he gets up in the morning for his son's salutations. Are you the best? You are. Close the portal. <laughs>